Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Relate Podcast, where we get curious about the way we relate to ourselves, God, and others. I'm your host, Casey Sunstead, and today on this second episode of the season we are calling New Year, New You, we plan to take a look at making changes. Our last episode helped us get curious about New Year's resolutions and why it's become customary to declare change at the turn of the calendar. After that discussion, I feel a bit more ready to take a look at making change for a more healthy reason, in a more healthy way. And today we have Eric and Benny back with us to help us do that. Hello. Hi, Casey. Hi, Benny. Hey, Casey. Hey, Eric. (laughs) Hey, guys. Thanks for being here again. Yeah. We're excited to jump in. And even as I say the word change, I'm aware that people feel really differently about change Mm -hmm. as it approaches. Some people, like love change, look at it as a new, exciting thing. And some people like crumble to the ground even hearing the word change. So um, I'm curious about you guys. When you hear that word, what does it elicit for you? Fear. For real? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I think um, change has been hard for me at seasons of life. So there's always, oh, something's changing. What's wrong? What's happening? What's going on? There's a sense of heightened awareness mm-hmm. and fear of like what is going on so mm. i think in most cases fear yeah mm. yeah what about you eric i you know I, I think i like change but i definitely resonate with the fear and i get a lot of what ifs around change is this the right thing or i doubt myself but generally i i like change it gets me excited it's just more can i change and do i do it yeah mm-hmm. totally mm. And for you, like, can you think of a change that's happened in your life that you were excited about more than fearful? Like when you say, I think I like change. Why do you say that? Probably like a big change I made in the past decade was just I worked in business for a long time and then decided to make a career change to become a therapist. And, you know, there's many computer engineers like me that become therapists. So it's a really common path. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I had a lot of, you know, people to talk to. It's so obvious. Yeah. I mean, it's just a natural progression. Natural progression of work. Growth. Yeah. Yeah. So just, you know, but, you know, making that change was a big deal because I had to go back to school. I had to, you know, do an internship, start seeing clients all while still kind of doing my bit, my kind of corporate job. I was balancing both. And I had real times of doubt. I'm like, is this the right thing? And Mm. it's tough. And so that was a change process where I had to kind of, I needed touch points and encouragement. And I had to kind of keep looking back at why I was doing this. And, And that was a huge change for me. And one, I'm really glad that I did. But, you know, that touches into some of what we're going to talk about today with the why. And, yeah. You know, but, yeah, that was a big change for me. Yeah. yeah. And I even in your response, I hear you saying, like, I was excited and there was doubt and, and fear. Yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of sense. See, I think for me it is there is a bit of excitement, even though my first response is fear. Yeah. But I think after the fear, there's excitement. But when change comes, there is that sense of, like, oh, what's happening? What's going on? What's wrong? But then after you get through the fear, there's a sense of excitement. Okay, mm. what can this bring? What can this lead to? So I think the the progression for me is probably reversed. There's excitement for you, and then maybe some doubt along the way. Uh-huh. There's doubt at the at the beginning part, and then excitement as we walk through it. So, yeah. yeah, I made a um a, a change that I had no control over recently, and um, we left our elementary school. Right, like. When your kids go to school, it's so hard to think about 
when they're going to leave that school. We were at the elementary school for so long, and now both my kids are done there. Mm. And the thing about our middle school and our elementary school is they're um, like in the same parking lot. They're like right next to each other. And so sometimes when I'm pulling into the middle school to, you know, help with the musical rehearsal or pick up a kid from basketball or whatever, I look over and I'm like, that world just ended. Mm. It's so weird to see the elementary school there and be like, it's over. And um, so as I was reflecting on that change, I think I, a lot of times I enjoy change because it feels like a new challenge and a new season. And um, especially like that kind of change that we've been there for so long, I felt kind of ready for maybe a little bit like what you were saying, Eric, like ready for a new change. But um, Mm -hmm. now my son is finishing up eighth grade and high school scares the crap out of me. We have to like start registering him for class all these things that like and then as soon as you say register for classes people say like make sure you're doing it right for colleges so now i feel like he's going to college you know it's just so too fast i was ready for the elementary school change because it had been so many years Mm. i do not feel ready for this high school change scared yeah absolutely so i see a little bit of (laughs) both of your responses in in the school yeah, and, and you know, I saw, and maybe that's a good point to even just kind of bring out to the center here that that Benny wisely brought up is that, yeah, we usually with any change and doing that, we're also going to be scared and we're also going to have doubts, and that's normal. It doesn't mean that you've, you're making the wrong decision. It doesn't mean that the change isn't a good, beneficial thing. That's a normal part of the process, yeah. and you know. So, like you know, that quote, you know, courage is kind of doing the thing anyways even if you are scared so yeah. so that's okay you you absolutely could be in a great change process and your why is correct and you're still scared and you still have moments of doubt that's you know that's very appropriate well I was really thankful that in our first episode of this season we gave ourselves permission to not have to tackle big change right now it was refreshing to me that instead of saying okay list the thing that you want to improve in the new year instead we asked ourselves what it really is we need in these first few months of the year, especially following the holidays. Mm. I love that. So if that's where our listeners are today and they decided they needed to breathe and to rest, listen along, but still don't feel pressured to make any change. Mm. But if we allowed ourselves what we really need Mm. and we still do want to take a look at some areas of growth, how do we go about doing that without it feeling so big and full of pressure what do you guys think adds to the fact that when we decide we want to make a change pressure all of a sudden also steps in Uh, that's a great question i mean i can i guess i can only speak for myself with that and i guess some of the people that i've been able to kind of work with but i think sometimes one of it's just very practical i think i think we sometimes overestimate what we can accomplish in such a short period of time and so i think sometimes for me I feel pressure because I am famous for setting unrealistic goals in unrealistic timeframes. Yeah, I'm with you on yeah, that. Because, you know, I it's like I think I'm going to do that in a month. And it's, no, that's something that's probably a six-month to 12-month. So I think sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to, as if we're, we're superheroes. And we all have lives, and it's okay So to maybe take our time with that. And I think part of that, you know, that gets made down in my whole history. I Maybe, I'm, maybe I've, I, I've generally been impulsive with some things, and so I've had to learn to just slow down. Okay, think about it. Probably double the time you think it's going to take because, you know, we want this to be a fun process. I think that's important, too, with change and with goals is we want it to be enjoyable. 
if it feels like it's a like a painful thing or it's pressure, then we're just teaching ourselves this is like not a fun thing. Yeah. And, and then I feel like our unconscious almost like begins to find other things to do. We want to find enjoyment and pleasure in the process. And however we do that, I don't know. But that's if we can do that, then it becomes an enjoyable experience. And then we can enjoy the process. And it isn't just about reaching the goal. But it's like, hey, this whole thing's kind of fun along the way, too. That's really intriguing to me, Eric, because I think I even asked this question because I think about, okay, if I decide I want to make a change, it's probably a change. It could be. And specifically for me, it is a change that I've tried to make before. Mm. And so I go do I really want to do this goal again because I failed at it before? And that fear is like in the back of my mind, that failure is in the back of my mind. Like I, I tried this before. What's going to be different this time than last time? Why would I even make this goal again? Mm. And so I love the thought of if I'm, if I'm feeling that dread, maybe it's not the right goal or maybe it's too big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, so, you know, I think we're going to probably talk more in a later episode, more about the house. So we don't get too much into that. But most of us, myself included, we've had goals that are on there every January. Yeah. And then they're yeah. off every March. Yeah. And now they're back on. And, you know, for me, as soon as I look at my, I don't like keeping journals because I look back and like five years ago and I go, oh, dang it. I was like talking about that same thing yeah. and wanting to get to that same place. And that's okay. You know, I, I think about when we start to go after goals and go after things, one of the things for me, and I think even for my generation, is social media. Like you mm-hmm. look at social media a lot and I love social media. Let me say that love seeing what other people are doing. Sometimes I actually feel like I, I don't even know what's going on in people's lives unless I've watched on social media. Yeah. Social media is great. But the sort of the negative side of social media is that you can see people's greatest achievements, but don't actually see the work that they took to get to that point Mm -hmm. and so when I start thinking about the new year and goals I see this person who's in shape and one of the big ones for me is always want to get in shape want to work out you see this person yeah yeah Yeah. see this person who's in shape but what you don't see a lot of times is the progress the slow steady everyday grind every moment bit by bit moment to get to that ultimate goal and so when we start off in the new year it's like well that's what I want to get to so I need to run five miles a day instead of actually Mm -hmm. I just need to try to run a mile or I need to just try to run for 10 minutes so I think sometimes the goal gets big because we sees we see other people's achievements uh, and their end result instead of seeing sort of the day by day grind by grind piece by piece yeah and we and we don't see their internal struggle with themselves yeah. or how they felt about it yeah. or who they had supporting them yeah. in the background or yeah that's yeah. a really good point too yeah. social media love love hate relationship yeah <laughs> yeah so it makes those goals when we get ready to start and make a change like yeah i gotta get there and i gotta go there but no there's a gradual process to get there so absolutely you know this funny this happened to me even this morning i uh and, you know, I'll disclose a little bit, but so I have a small practice and we're growing and it's fun. And, you know, when I'm in a good place and the, this morning I walk in, I'm really grateful and I'm feeling really content. And then somebody happens to send me an article about another practice oh, that no. is like going bonkers. <laughs> and I literally read that and I'm like, wow, you're not really doing anything, are you? Mm. And so then I literally, it's almost like for the next hour, I'm like, okay, what are you going to do in the next month? And, and this and this. And isn't that funny? I walked in this morning completely grateful, yeah. completely content, but I look at what someone else is doing, and now I'm in a place of discontent, and I'm starting to, to set goals from that place, and I don't know, if, for me, if that's the healthy thing. I want to 
I want to grow and I want to do what I have to do from a place of peace and from a place of, you know, almost contentment gratitude. If I'm doing it from a comparison standpoint, that's almost a setup for, for failure. And now, like, my heart's not in the right place. And I think those are some of the unhealthy ways. Now, I can look at that and be thankful for them, and I can certainly use that as, wow, what a great model, you know, and maybe I'll look at that. But that's not where I was this morning. It was in a place of comparison and then shame and, you know, all that icky stuff that can kind of come up and it's so funny and then I come out of that and I'm in, like man what's going on why do you let that affect you like that but that's something that can certainly happen and we're in a culture that's just loaded with it and sometimes I wish I didn't see that stuff because I, I like my life and I like the pace I'm at but when I see those things I try to fight it but it can be hard yeah. and man what a culture to live in where it's all being bombarded there's always someone doing it better than you always mm-hmm. and, it, and it takes all of 10 seconds to go find who that person is and so there's something about being at peace with who we are and with the pace that we're doing and what's progress for us. Yeah. And it isn't sometimes where you end up. It's like where you started from. There's some people there. I mean, if you looked at where they started, it's unbelievable where they're at today. So that's just encouragement because probably a lot of people listening, that, that happens to them. And I, you know, the social media, it's such a love-hate kind of thing. But just be careful. If it's making you feel shame or making you feel like you're not doing enough, just let's just take a breath. Let's just examine that and just kind of check in with yourself and, you know, what's this really about? Yeah. A theme I really hear emerging as we're talking is being curious about why we're making the goal or the change that we're making. Um, I hear you guys both saying like, if your goal is coming from comparison, that's not, you're not going to set the right goal. It's going to be the goal that the person who you're comparing yourself to should set, but it might be unrealistic for you, or it might not even be a, a good fit, the right next step. Mm-hmm. Are there any other um, things we should be aware of as we're thinking about being curious about where our desire for change is coming from? Mm-hmm. What else comes to mind? Well, one thing that I think about and is we think about the why. So I think, you know, in case we touched on it, you know, generally if it's coming from a place of shame or if it's coming from some historical thing that, you know, this maybe it's an old message of you're not measuring up, that's, you know, that can maybe get us started, but what a terrible way to go make change. And that's exhausting after a while. So if, if we're driven by shame, let's just try not to be. We want to try to find a better motivator than that. So Eric, what I hear you saying is if we're wanting to make a change out of a message we have that we're not good, that's probably not going to be the best place to start. Right. There's this whole thing about shame versus guilt. And let's, you know, but let's kind of use your example. It's just the comment we go back to about, you know, getting into shape. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to see someone that's maybe, in, you know, in shape or, you know, running or whatever it is that our goal is. And the shame says, the shame's more of a permanent corrosive thing that says, you know, you'll never be that. And, you know, and it just kind of feeds this permanent sense of like, I'll always be not that. Guilt or a kind of a healthy motivator is like, I believe in myself, I have a lot of value, and I think I could also be that, like that way that person is. Mm. That's great. So guilt can be like a healthy thing or this sense of like, I believe in myself, I love myself, not in a selfish way, but I believe in what I'm capable of, and then moving towards that versus the shame, which is just like, oh, see, just another example that you're kind of not there. And And so if we do acknowledge the fact that, wow, I am kind of experiencing some shame and maybe that is my motivator, what would you suggest in that moment? How do we get from shame to maybe a healthier motivator like I, I want something good for myself? Well, 
this might surprise you, but you can see a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, no, I, you know, yeah. I, I could, you know, shame is, boy, it's, it's such a, uh, it's such a bad thing going on in a lot of, you know, parts of our society or whatever. So, you know, if, if shame is your primary motivator, probably shame resides in secrecy. So another common thing we see is people trying to reach goals and they're driven by shame and they're not reaching it and they're adding on to their shame, but they're totally isolated and alone. And so by secrecy, you're talking about like you feel it and you know it, but you're not talking to anybody else about it. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's you know, we say kind of in the therapy rooms, like our, our shame really is, resides in secrecy and it's increased by our secrecy. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. There's something like really deep that happens when you open up and you share with other, someone else and you're accepted. That's really what heals shame. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so one thing to do about if we have goals or we have shame or whatever is just to try to bring people into that that truly know you and they love you and yeah. they are, they're going to be your cheerleaders. Yeah. But um, but also because they they get it. And there's something about that that can be really helpful. And then we can kind of heal some of the shame. And now we start to be driven by kind of healthy things. So. That's other another principle from you know is it's just so hard to do the stuff in our head sometimes. So it's it is really great when we can bring other people in and it feels like it's a little more of like a, a group around us. Yeah, no, I love that. I feel that resonate with that deeply, like mm-hmm. in my entire body. Um, it's interesting, you know, you you <laughs> you made the joke, but it's so real of like go see a therapist. Mm-hmm. We live in a culture where we have friends and we can go to friends, but sometimes. Again, uh, there is that that fear. What are they going to think? What are they going to say about me? And I love even the fact you mentioned a therapist. I mean, finding that safe place to actually share and allowing that, that shame to not live in secrecy anymore and bringing it to the light brings so much healing. And so I resonate that with, with that in my own story. And mm-hmm. man, thanks for saying that. So as we're taking a look at why do we even want to make this change that's on our, the desire that's on our heart? Um, if we look at, is that coming from shame, a place where I'm not good enough? Or what are some other ways we need to be curious about our desire for change to see if it really is the next right change for us to make? Mm. Well, let me say this affirmation to anyone listening, is that you are truly a gift. Everyone has things to offer those around them. And in a very real way, you have things that are part of your history, things of who you are that are, are beautiful and will absolutely be a gift to those around you and help those around you. And that affirmation is something that not a lot of us maybe heard growing up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we had compromised family systems. Sometimes we had parents that had, had their own struggles. And really the message was like, know your place. Or, uh, you know, kids should be seen, not heard. Or, you know, don't don't think more highly of yourself than you should. And those are, you know, we want to keep things right size. And there's something about, you know, kids, it's healthy for kids to have certain struggles. But I think sometimes we don't think we deserve the things that we want. Or we don't think that we are even allowed to go after them. And sometimes we, you know, will kind of maybe worship other people because they represent things that we don't think we can do for ourselves. And so I just want to say you have permission to be the best version of yourself that you can be. And I think every one of us has glory inside of us. And so and what's the change that can bring out more of the glory of who you are and the gift of who you are? And those can be huge motivators, you mm-hmm. know? So Yeah, again, we talked about comparison mm-hmm. being one of the worst motivators for change. 
And I hear you, Eric, inviting us to be the best us. Mm-hmm. That could be our motivator mm-hmm. um, to not try to be like Benny because I would not be as good of a Benny as Benny is. But to bring, yeah, you, you called each of us a gift. Yeah, And it, it, that feels like an invitation, like, well, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And we talked in season one about our parents often, well, some parents have bad intentions mm-hmm. towards their kids, but mm-hmm. some parents have great intentions towards their kids. But some of the messages we receive as kids get caught sideways or we misinterpret, but it still sticks. And so I love that you're bringing up that for us to be curious about as well. If we've listened to season one of the podcast, we talked all about our family of origin and the messages we received. Mm. Maybe we have a desire to make a change in our life this time of year because of a message we received as a kid that actually isn't serving us anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, part of a, part of our emotional maturity is to be able to look back and say, you know what? I'm not going to live by that by that agreement anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to live by that thing that was almost planted in me. Right. That, that thing drove, that I was harped on about my yes, whole childhood. That button that was installed in me that still gets pressed. Yeah. That's really hard. But wow, it shows growth that you can get to that place where you begin to recognize that. And then we're going to choose to go against that. Because those are the things that sometimes block us from growing in certain ways. So it's a good idea as we have a goal in mind, mm-hmm. a way we want to grow, to just be curious about, is this goal coming from a place of shame? Mm-hmm. Or is this goal coming from a message from my childhood that I don't want to live up to anymore it's not a goal of mine as an adult yeah you know I can think of an example of sort of the childhood messages I'm a huge baseball fan Mm -hmm. love baseball growing up Uh, there wasn't a lot of kids who played baseball but I remember one of the messages that I didn't realize was even a negative message until I got older where I had a coach you know hitting ground balls for those of you who aren't baseball fans you know just practicing uh, uh, coaches hitting ground balls and you're supposed to fill them the ball's coming at you at a rapid pace I am and bouncing crazy ways bouncing crazy hitting the dirt <laughs> hitting rocks you know just doing all kind of crazy things but I had a coach and I think there are many coaches maybe out there who who use this message but I had a coach who would say if you're afraid of the ball get off the field and we use the shame of fear, like my fear of the ball, mm-hmm. instead of encouraging me to use my glove to stay in front of it, that I actually had control of it. It was a, a message of shame to get off the field if you're- You don't have what it takes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until I, I was older that I realized that thread actually carried to other places of my life where if I'm afraid as a man, then you know, something's wrong with me and I shouldn't be afraid of, I shouldn't be afraid of this. And mm. it was this unhealthy message. So it's just interesting to think about the messages that we hear and then to get curious, is this actually a good message that I should be carrying on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or is this an unhealthy message that I need to actually see that actually I am a good person? I, I, I am good. And coming from a spiritual perspective, you know, you, you start to get curious. I can't help as a pastor go back to scripture to what God actually has to say about me through all throughout scripture where he calls me good i'm created in his image and in his likeness i'm made beautifully and wonderfully made by him like i mm-hmm. begin to remember those messages so from yeah. a spiritual perspective i start to think of those good things that help me sort of counteract the negative messages that i've heard throughout my life so benny that's such a cool challenge for all of us to when we identify a negative message that we want to leave behind to go to scripture and replace it with yeah. some truth. Yeah, there's 
truth always found in scripture and the beautiful things we have friends who can help us do that <laughs> we have therapists who yeah. can remind yeah. us of that like we our home team yeah we really yeah. need people like you eric what you said earlier you can't do this thing alone mm-hmm. you need people to help you especially when you begin to go after those goals and go after that change mm. and that's a great um next step for us to take in this conversation too benny is to just talk about okay so maybe we've identified some things that we want to avoid when we're looking for the next right change or growth area. We want to avoid it coming out of a place of shame. We want to avoid it coming out of an old message that's not serving us anymore that we want to shed. Um, and you're kind of calling us to maybe some good places that it could come from, whether it's from scripture or if there's a way that God is kind of calling you to a next growth area. How have you guys experienced that before? Whether it's... Um, scripture or you, you have a sense that, that God's calling you to the next thing? Well, that, that's a great question, Casey. You know, my belief is that God knows how to communicate to each one of us in a way that each one of us will just hear best, you know, like a good parent. And so I find for me, a lot of times something, I'm feeling something inside of me first, but then a lot of providential circumstances start to happen. Like yeah. I, I run into yeah. the same person a couple times in a week yeah. or there's just something and, you know, to speak to Benny's point, you know, a lot of us, God is such a good parent if we just can kind of allow him into the day-to-day. I really believe God wants to be involved in our goals and be involved in everything about us. So sometimes, you know, some things happen or a door opens or whatever, and then it's like, oh, I, something's going on here. And then it's part me moving forward and then part kind of certain things being a- arranged for me. So I feel like when th- when that starts to happen in my life and it's connected to some excitement inside of me, I feel like that's something that I'm being invited to step into. Eric, you touched on God as parent. Um, one of my favorite parenting tactics is to know my kids, like really, really know them and what makes them tick, what motivates them, and, and then to guide them in the way that they're going to hear, right? Because my son... <laughs> is so different from my daughter and they have such different needs and such different motivators. So I love thinking about God as father, knowing me mm-hmm. that intimately mm-hmm. and leading me in the way that Casey needs to be led. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that you brought that up because that's my experience as a parent for sure. Yeah. And of course that's how God would speak to us too. Yeah. Right. So the, the patience of a, of a good parent, the, you know. <laughs> Wait, I don't. Which is, you I know. consider myself a good parent, but patience <laughs> is not my best suit. Well, you know, I, you know, so one story I say is, you know, I, I'd say one of my things I'm working on is patience and I'm mm-hmm. not very handy. <laughs> so, um, did you get a shocker. message that dads are shocker. handy growing Me up? And, and you <laughs> both, that shame alone, yes. Dads can my, build uh, shelves. My, okay. my father-in-law is like MacGyver. He can basically do anything with any with you know any, a rubber band and a so, paper clip. Yeah. You know, yeah. so we bond, and he like builds like this whole thing, and then the last nail, he's like, "Why don't you just pound don't that you, pound that nail?" In. <laughs> and he's and, the win. and he's like, "Great job, oh. yeah, boy, I'm glad we're doing this together." I'm together. Like, and I'm like, "You are so good. You are so." patient that's awesome i'm doing but so in a very real way though i you know i want to teach my kids certain things about you know being handy but my i'm not very patient sometimes and so what happens is like they try to figure it out and then i get frustrated and mm-hmm. then i just shut it down yeah 
and that makes me very sad because what I'm teaching them is like you either know it or you don't. And what we need, and what if we got this, what a gift, but many of us didn't, and it kind of it, it informed how we view things. We need someone to be patient and to walk with us. We don't know these things right away. So there's this a very famous book out there now is called Mindset. And do you have like a fixed mindset or a growth mindset? And the fixed mindset is like I either know it or I don't. And mm-hmm. if I don't know it, then I should just give up. The growth mindset is like I don't know it, but I know I'll just keep playing with it. I'll mm-hmm. figure it out. I'll keep experimenting. And I feel like that so much is kind of what was modeled to us growing up. And so if you had a father like my father-in-law who's very patient and you know can kind of walk with you, you're just going to naturally just probably have an ability that I can figure this out. Mm-hmm. But if you had someone that's like me in my bad moments that gets impatient or just shuts it down or like, well, okay, I, I'll do this by myself, you're going to just kind of learn that either you know it or you don't. So that's just something to kind of be aware of too. Sometimes we give up too easily for the wrong reasons. It's okay. Like just stay at it sometimes. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, I'm, totally. Okay. I think it's really helpful for us to kind of take these these desires to make New Year's resolutions mm. a little slower. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the first week we just said like, what do you really need in this moment? Is it change? And then I feel like this conversation helps me to go, okay, I have these inklings to make some changes. Are those the right inklings? And how can I listen to those desires and be curious about if they're coming from a good place or not? It's a really helpful conversation for me as I, as I get more ready to, okay, ask the question, I've decided this is a good goal because I know it's not coming from shame. And it's not an old message that I want to shed, but it's more God's put it in my path over and over, or I'm feeling called to this because of my recent scripture reading, or a trusted friend maybe suggested it or inspired it. Not out of comparison, <laughs> mm-hmm. but out of knowing me well yeah. and seeing that and hoping for that change for me. So that's really helpful. You guys, thanks so much for for helping me get curious about the ways that I want to grow next. Mm. Thanks, Casey. And here on the Relate Podcast, we'd like to leave you with some additional reflection questions that help you consider our conversation. We know you'll gain insight if you ponder these on your own, but we invite you to grab a friend because we believe that processing is a little bit more powerful in relationship. I'll read each question and give you a brief moment to reflect. Question one, is there a resolution or change you keep coming back to over and over without much success? What could be behind your continued attempt to make this change in your life? Do you have a sense of why you desire to change in this area? Question two, when you consider making a change, what feelings are you aware of that are coming up for you? Is it fear, excitement, shame, hope, maybe a little bit of all of them? What might those feelings be telling you about yourself? Question three, leaving behind any pressures from making changes our culture or other people want you to make, and instead looking at what God says is true about you, is there a growth area you feel led to in this season? Would you share it with a friend? I hope this conversation was as helpful to you as it was to me as we consider what is behind our desire to grow. We'll continue the conversation in the next episode where we begin to look at how to make lasting changes and long-term growth. I hope you join us. 
And if you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode.